Hello, my friend. This is Pastor Christopher Allen, greeting you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Trust you and your families are doing well. Uh, we are talking about the blood covenant, and uh, today I'm going to wrap up the whole um, point that we are in right now about how Jesus is our peace. And to start with, I want to read to you from uh, uh, from uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse seventeen, and it says. And he came, that is, Jesus came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them who were near. Jesus Christ came to preach peace. Peace with God, peace with each other, peace within ourselves. He came to preach peace to those who were far and those who were near. Now, we are talking about Jesus Christ being our peace and how important peace is in the Bible. Uh, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and fruitfulness. So, uh, you know, um, Galatians talks about the works, the works of the flesh and opposing the works of the flesh are the fruit of the Spirit. So uh, the works of the flesh, we see strife and things like that. And but in Galatians 5.22, Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Um, when we walk in peace, that's a fruit of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit upon us. So the fruit of the Spirit is peace. And um, you see, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, there's a difference between the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. The gifts are imparted to us in order to uh, for us to fulfill uh, the, the ministry God has called us to do. It has nothing to do with our walk with God it has nothing to do with our character and all that. But the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, and when, when I use the, word, use the word fruit, I'm talking in, in the plural, the fruit of the Spirit, and there are nine fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit are not imparted to us uh, to do ministry. The fruit of the Spirit are the life, or how you can say, the character of Jesus Christ, revealed and manifested through us as a result of our walking with Jesus. As we walk with Jesus, um, the following fruits are revealed through our life. And here are some of them. There's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, etc., etc. There are nine fruit of the Spirit. And number three on the list is peace. So peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Peace, uh, the, the peace you see upon a person's life actually reveals to us his walk with Jesus because uh, you can have the gifts of the spirit you can have miracles without having that deep intimate walk in the G in uh, you know with Jesus to the point that the character of Jesus begins to influence you and to permeate permeate you and find its way inside you but the fruit of the spirit is when we walk with Jesus and these characteristics of the characteristics of the character of Jesus take their place in our own lives and are revealed through us and people can see them. So peace, walking in the peace of God is a fruit of the Spirit. And 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, 11, it says, Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Praise God. So this is an exhortation to the church, an exhortation that the Lord gives to the church that uh, we should. Firstly, he says, 
Finally, my brothers, rejoice. We should rejoice. We should live in joy. Then he says, we should aim for restoration. Our goal should always be restoration. When there is, when there is relationships that are breached or anything of that sort, our goal should always be restoration. Now, thank you. That being said, it doesn't mean that everybody will always want to work with you. That's, that's, it's not, but as far as it's you are concerned, you should walk in peace. So, um, you know, I, the, that's one principle I want to apply in my life. People may not like me, but that's their prerogative. But as far as I'm concerned, I want to walk in peace with everybody. So restoration of relationships, aim for restoration. As I said yesterday, when it comes to church discipline, when we discipline people or discipline ministers, people who have fallen into sin, our goal should never be punitive. It should never be to punish people, but it should be to restore people to what God has called them to be. Uh, especially if someone is called by God, you should remember, especially, uh, you know, we have to be very careful with ministers because ministers uh, um, who are used by God, they, uh, who give evidence that uh, God has definitely called them and anoint them. And the Bible, you know, that, then we know that a person is called by God. Right now I'm in a situation, I have to deal with a guy who's really, really called by God. He has given evidence of his calling, but uh, he has fallen into sin. So what do I do with him? And I'm praying about that because the thing is that I don't want to punish the guy. I want to deal with him, but I don't want to punish him. I don't want to destroy his life. So, uh, you know, whatever I do has to be tempered with mercy. So uh, sometimes it's just inevitable that you cut people off and you, you know, you, 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 I mean, you, you can't have people, you know, when you have someone in your ministry who's living in sin, it's also a bad testimony. It also tells people, oh, these people, they tolerate anything. You can live whatever you like and still be in the ministry. That is not true. But we have to help people to see and understand that although you're called and anointed by God, you still have to curb your flesh. You still have to live under the same standards of holiness that apply to everybody. But someone breaches uh, uh, the, you know, those rules and willfully, not it's not a mistake, but willfully goes out and sin and tries to cover it up. So what do you do with that? Well, our goal should be to restore that person. And sometimes the way to restoration is a long, is a long way because see, God forgives in a second or in, in, in a tenth of a second or a millisecond. God forgives. But the testimony to, uh, where because I'm a minister, I stand before people and I preach to people. So for me to get my testimony back, because I'm, I must, uh, uh, people who hear me preach must have confidence in me. And if they know that I live in sin, they can't have confidence in me. So if I fall into sin or you fall into sin, you know, we have to first understand the gravity of the wrong we have done. Then we need help to come back to the place. So we, we make those changes in our lives and uh, 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 and only then we can talk about restoration to ministry. So this is a process, but the whole process we put people through uh, is not to punish them, but it is to restore them. We want to walk in peace and love. So we want to restore people. And sometimes it's a long and difficult process. But if our aim is restoration, we should be willing to walk with people through that. 
Because the thing is that even if a person has fallen into sin, the Bible does say that the gifts and the uh, callings of God are without repentance. That person is still gifted and called by God, uh, but he's outside the ministry because he has sinned. So we have to help that person deal with those character issues. Uh, you know, I've had people who said they have sinned and they want to be back on the pulpit. You can't do that unless those uh, deep uh, underlying issues are dealt with. And that's where we, as the body of Christ, we should be very careful not to criticize people, not to destroy their lives, not to punish them, not to totally damage them. That's not the purpose of restoration. The purpose of restoration is to change people's lives, change their characters, help them so they come out of the pit they have been into so they can serve God fruitfully. Amen. So anyway, so uh, comfort. Then it says aim for restoration, comfort one another. Comfort one another. People go through difficult times. We should be there to comfort them. Agree with one another. We should always try to find consensus with people. There's people we don't agree with, but we should always be looking for the middle ground instead of uh, arguing with people, fighting with people, taking a, 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 a stance against them that we are against them and we are at war against them. We should always be looking for consensus and agree with people and see how we can, uh, you know, how we can serve the Lord together. And then it says, and live in peace. Hallelujah. I want to be known as a man who lives in peace with everybody. Live in peace. So one thing I've decided, if people attack me, people say things about me, I've decided I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to defend myself. I'm just going to quietly walk away. Quietly walk away and pray for them. And, you know, then they can think of me what they like. And I've always done that. I, I don't like to fight back. I just walk away, keep my head down. And uh, uh, when I was in Sweden, I was involved in a conflict. You know, I was young. I was in my 30s and I made the mistake of defending myself. And I will admit that today. At that time, I defended myself. If you had asked me, I would have said, yes, if people attack me, I have the right to defend myself. And I did defend myself and I did think that I did the right thing. But today, as I look back, I realized that all the wrong things were said about me. It was wrong of me to defend myself because it is better to live in peace and quiet and just go away. Now I don't do that. If someone says something about me, I'll just get quiet, go aside and bless them and pray for them. And I realize that when we walk away and we bless and pray for people, it is more powerful, more effective, brings greater results than us attacking people and, you know, and or retaliating or even defending myself, ourselves, if we are not attacking them. It says, if we live in peace, then it says the God of love and peace will be with us. The God of love and peace. Our God is the God of love and peace and he will be with us. Amen. Then it says Colossians 3.15. And again, we are talking about Jesus being our peace. He is our peace. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. So Paul is writing to the Colossian church and he's saying, let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Not just have moments of peace in our church, in our time and so, uh, you know, at times in our lives, but let the peace of God literally rule in our hearts. Because, uh, you know, we, we have a time, we have, uh, people are agitated, people are upset and uh, uh, about different things. So 
you know, I'm, I'm going to say something that may sound a bit harsh, but I just had to say it. This has been mulling in my spirit. Now, uh, if you look at Iran, uh, uh, Iran had a uh, 78, uh, 1978 when the Islamic Revolution took place. Uh, uh, at that time, uh, there was a handful of Christians in Iran. Now, 42 years later, there's, they estimate there's about 1 million Christians in, our, in Iran. I mean, most of them Muslim converts. And right now with this coronavirus pandemic, that number has been growing. People are getting saved in huge numbers. So they actually have a revival and a move of God during this COVID-19 crisis. That is what is happening. Now, if you look at what is happening in America, do we have a revival or a great move of God because of COVID-19? No, because we, all the way from the pastors to the believers, we are busy fighting, criticizing uh, Dr. Fauci criticizing the governors and elections are coming up and we are all up in arms and people are fighting about should we wear masks or should we not wear masks and, 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 and you know everything is politicized people are just upset angry agitated and so and I was thinking I was saying Lord what will it take to bring our people to the place where we stop all this nonsense and begin to seek God so that you can move in our nation. What will it take? I said, after 9-11, I said, Lord, after 9-11, it, it lasted two weeks. For two weeks, people sought their way to the churches. And after two weeks, we were busy beating war drums and we went to war. And now we are in this situation. And, 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 and that is what conspiracy theories, people are angry, shouting, agitated. And, and, and I said, Lord, this is, and, and this is what the Lord showed me. And this is it. Let the peace, you know, may the peace of God rule in your hearts. Hallelujah. May the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Now, if we distance ourselves from all these political and all this, agitation and this anger and people yelling and shouting at each other and people protesting different things, rioting, you know. I mean, Christians, non-Christians, uh, the, uh, the, of course, the Christians don't riot and throw stones, but it's aggressiveness in another way. It's mostly with the words and protesting, angry. So what happens is that, this is what the Lord has shown me, that that let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. If we, if we consciously made a decision to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, rule in our hearts, rule in our hearts. That means let peace have its rule and control over our hearts. And whatever we said, we said out of that peace. That is when God would move. Otherwise, we'll be striving and fighting in the flesh. And that's what's going on. People are striving. People are fighting. It's all in the flesh. People are up in arms. People are, everybody's angry about something. So this is what the Lord says. And, 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 uh, but I want to show you another scripture that's connected to this. Second Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. So the Lord... Paul said, he's praying for us. He says, may the Lord of peace. Jesus is the Lord of peace. And may he himself give you peace at all times. That means 
day and night or whatever situation, whether it's a peaceful, calm situation or whether it's a situation that rouses a lot of agitation and there's a lot of injustices and wrong things being done and all that. And the Lord is saying, may the Lord of peace himself give you, that is you and me, peace at all times. That means maybe May we receive the peace because the Lord gives us peace and may we just embrace and receive that peace in our hearts. Hallelujah. So it says, may the Lord of peace himself, God himself, give you peace at all times. And I, that's what I said. I said, Lord, give me peace at all times. Let me, let me be in peace. This turmoil around me, I don't want to be involved. I don't want to say anything. Uh, and 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 I just want your peace. That's what. And when I speak, I want to speak out of your peace. When I speak, I want to speak out of your grace. When I speak, I want to speak out of your mercy and love, because you are the God of peace, and you're giving me peace. God is not saying that I'm anointing you to be agitator. I'm anointing you to be angry. I'm anointing you to write on Facebook what you think of the government. What do you think of a Democrat governor? And what do you think of the lockdown? What do you think about wearing masks? That is not what God has called us to do. But the Lord says, I give you peace. So I'm going to speak out of that peace. I'm going to live in that peace. Let that peace rule in my heart. Let it be, um, uh, let, it, let that be you know, because he says, I give you peace at all times. So let that peace speak out of me. Because the thing is that even when things are difficult and you uh, you feel like you have to say something, let that peace rule. So if you have to say something, you just swallow your thoughts and just say, Lord, let your peace reign in my heart. Let your peace reign in my heart. And let me speak out of your peace. Then, and that's what Colossians 3.15, the scripture I first showed you. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace, the peace of Jesus Christ, let it. We have to let it. It won't come by default. It won't come automatically, but we ourselves, we have to make a conscious decision to let the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ rule in our hearts. Uh, because just too many people in the world who don't have peace, who are agitated inside. When you're agitated inside, what you say will be agitated. The way you express yourself will be agitated. Your Facebook post will be agitated because you're angry or upset at something. So it says, uh, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace, especially within the body, because uh, it's Sometimes there's Christians arguing with each other. And I've had friends who have said, especially on Facebook, people are so nasty uh, to each other. And these are Christians who are arguing with each other, Christians who are angry at each other. And he says, we are members of one body. We, the guy who argues with me, he and I are members of the same body. And it says here, we are called to peace. So I am called to peace. And my brother who's mad at me, upset at me, because I wear a mask and I do, and he doesn't want to wear a mask. So we, we are one body, we are one family, and both he and I are called to peace. So both he and I should watch ourselves, what we say, how we express ourselves. That is so important. It's important, especially, you know, it's easy to talk about peace when there's no turmoil, everything is on the same page and there's nothing wrong. It's easy to say we are at peace, but it is in times of agitation like this, that is when it really shows up what is in our character. If we have the peace inside us, 
we will have peace outside us. So that is why it's important that we make, we as Christians make a conscious decision. And the decision is that we are not going to be part of all this agitation. We are not going to be part of the, all these people insulting others and shouting at others and political things and how bad Joe Biden is and how saintly Trump is. I'm not going to be a part of that. I am not going to be a part of that. I'm, I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to pray for all our leaders. I'm going to pray for the president. I'm going to pray for Joe Biden. I'm going to pray for all the candidates. I'm going to pray for everybody. And uh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to walk in peace and love towards everybody because that is a powerful force. The peace of God never fails. The love of God never fails. So remember that too. Uh, we all have opinions. We all believe things. But as part of one body, let's come together. Let's love one another. Let us agree on this, that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And we, we walk in love and we walk in peace and free from agitation, free from anger, free from loud opinions, because that's not what God has called us to do. And we are called to love everybody. So it says, so let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful and be thankful for all things. Let us be thankful for everything. Now, Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You see, here we see that walking in peace and holiness also go hand in hand. It's in the same verse. He says, he says, we should make every effort we can to live in peace with everyone. That means whether they are Christians or they are non-Christians. I mean, Christians who don't agree with us or they are non-Christians who don't agree with our views. We shall do everything we can to walk in peace. And sometimes, you know, I have decided that people who I don't agree with, I'm not going to get drawn into discussions with them. I, 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 I avoid these debates and discussions and I just don't want to be drawn into things with them because I choose to walk in peace. And you don't, you don't have to be drawn into arguments with people. You can walk in peace if you want to. You have a conscious choice. It's easy to keep your mouth shut. Let people talk. Other day somebody was saying things. I just sat quietly and I listened. Hmm, hmm, hmm. That's it. That's all I said. I walked away from there and that guy was, I'm sure he was very frustrated because he didn't get a rise out of me. But people don't have to get a rise out of you. Christians or non-Christians, he says, make every effort, everything you can to live at peace with everybody and be holy, be holy and be pure because without holiness, no man will see the Lord. No one will see the Lord without being holy. So even in your interactions with non-Christians, maintain your holiness and your purity. And then it says, 1 Peter 3.11, it says, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. So we, people have to turn from evil, turn from that which they know is wrong and to seek to do that which is good and seek peace and pursue it. We have to seek peace and pursue peace. Uh, peace won't just automatically come to us. Jesus gives us peace, but we have to pursue it. We have to make sure that we make a decision. I am going 
to walk in peace. I'm going to speak peace. I'm going to live in peace and I'm going to pursue the way of peace as much as I can. I'm going to crucify my flesh and my even crucifying my uh, what my flesh thinks is my right to say what I want. My opinion, I have the right to say my peace. I'm going to nail that to the cross and instead I am going to pursue peace. Amen. Then it says 1 Thessalonians 5.15. It says, make sure. Now this, the word peace is not, uh, uh, is not mentioned in the scripture, but that's, it's in the context of what I'm talking about. 1 Thessalonians 5.15. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. So don't pay back wrong with wrong. Don't pay back harsh words with harsh words, but, for, but make sure to do what we do, everything to do what is good for everybody else. So I want to do that which is good for everybody else and, and uh, not pay back wrong for wrong, okay? And then Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything. It says, don't, especially in times like this, there's in times of turmoil and agitation, uh, people are anxious about things. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, everything, everything means everything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. That means don't worry, don't fear about anything. These times, you know, there's unemployment, there's people worrying about their situation, about, you know, how will they feed their families? These are very real, real fears people live in. People, how they're going to pay their bills and what's going to happen to me and my job and how long will this pandemic last and what's going to happen? You know, people are worried about things and not just here in America, but all over the world. So what do you say? What does the Bible say? The Bible says, don't, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be worried. Because see, worrying and being fearful about things doesn't change anything. So he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in everything, in every situation, this is what you do. By prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving. Three things. Prayer, supplication. Supplication is making requests to God. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, with giving thanks. Thanks is when you pray and make supplications to God and you receive it by faith. That is when you give thanks. So faith has to be involved. That means in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So let make your request, whatever you need, make it known to God. And what's going to happen? He says, and the peace of God, hallelujah, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. He says, so when we make our request, you know, through prayer and thanksgiving, and we give thanks to God, what's going to happen? How is God going to respond? God is going to send his peace, which surpasses all understanding. It's a kind of peace which kind of goes beyond my understanding because for me to have peace, I need to understand everything, but it's a peace that goes beyond my understanding. That peace of God, which is beyond my understanding, 
it will come and it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God will come and it will protect your heart and it will also protect your mind in Christ Jesus. So that when everybody's worried about something, the press is writing about it, the TV is talking about it, and everybody worked up about things, you will have the peace of God. Peace of God guard your heart and is going to guard your mind in Christ Jesus. And then you will be strangely, blissfully uh, free from this worry and fear and agitation because you put your requests and and your needs before God and you thank him and walk with God. So in this, uh, and the peace of God will come and guard you because Jesus himself is our peace. So you have to remember that in difficult times, the best thing you can do, though I'm in the difficult and the worst thing you can do is to worry about things. And the best thing that you can do is to make your requests and supplications known to God and to trust in the Lord and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, it will come, it will guard your high heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Anyway, uh, we will meet again tomorrow, but let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your hand of mercy upon their lives, upon their families. Meet every need they have and guard their hearts, guard their minds with your peace, Father. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Well, tomorrow we're going to start on the next point, And that is one thing that uh, they didn't have in the old covenant, but we have in the new covenant. And that is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. God bless you.